0: So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785 Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. Welcome to episode 269. We'll talk to Morgan Wallen in studio in a bit, which came together extremely last minute, right? Yes. Because I reached out to him and I said, hey... Come by the house, because I think we're lucky to finally get to do a little more in-person stuff. A little bit. And also, COVID testing is a little more prevalent, so it's a little easier to get. Yeah. (laughs) So it's a little easier to go, hey, get a COVID test, then come over. Because if that happens two months ago, it was impossible to get a COVID test. So we make a couple of those calls, and he's performing, luckily, on a couple TV things, so he's already COVID tested, so it just worked out. And he hasn't talked to anybody in a long time ever since the controversy. And I tell you, you'll be able to hear it coming up in a minute. But obviously, I was going to ask him about it. And I like Morgan a lot, uh, just as a dude. Yeah. Because uh, I sp- spent a little time with him, just a little bit, but enough to go, man, is, I like the guy. And so, but I definitely wanted to to get his whole story because his controversy won't be the long story about him. This is just a blip on the radar of an extremely talented guy. He's going to have good blips, unfortunate blips, bad blips. So I definitely didn't want to make it about that because I want these podcasts, whenever we talk to them about their life, to be, you can listen to it in a year and still enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And if he comes in and I'm like, hey, what happened in Alabama? The whole podcast goes that way. So I felt I made the editorial decision to just do it like we would normally do it. And we're not in here trying to find controversy anyway, but I was going to ask him about it. And I didn't even have to get to it. He brought it up. Yeah. So, and I was, and I'll tell you, because you and I were talking about this last night after it was over. Because again, I'm not trying to gotcha anybody ever. And I was actually reaching out to him before that happened. Hey, you should come by. Because he was freaking blowing up like crazy. Like I've never seen before except for Luke Holmes. And so that stuff happened. It kind of derailed us getting together here. Uh, I think he took a little time. He's like, hey, I'm coming in great. Drove over to the house. He called me before. He's like, Hey, you want the gas station? i am stopping at the gas station. I was like, no, I'm good. Uh, so he came in and the only thing I was going to ask him was, do you plan to get to go back to uh, Saturday night live? Because he, that was him losing that spot was because of all of that somewhat controversial weekend in Alabama, which, which in my opinion, I've been saying the whole time, wasn't that controversial as far as he was hanging out with a bunch of girls, kissing a few girls, the COVID part made sense. Yeah, If you have strict COVID rules and this, and he's going to come play your show, that makes sense to go, hey, we're watching you make out with chicks on Instagram or uh, TikTok. We're going to have to punt. So what I was going to say, and you'll hear the interview, and I'll, I'll just get to the music, was are they going to put you back on SNL? Because it's a really cool get for a country artist. And he actually brought up the situation first, and we went into it from there. Uh, also, we're hanging out, and... We, know we do this show, for the most part, at my house. We have a studio built here. And it's, this studio is built on a second house on the property. But my house house is, you walk out the door, and it's probably 40 steps to my, where I live. We have a piano in the living room. And you'll hear Morgan walks over. And I was just shocked he was such a piano player. <laughs> and I was like, you want to walk over there and play piano? So there's even a clip of that, of us. You will cut to it of us over at the house, him playing piano. He goes at it. Yeah, and I thought he was warming up. He <laughs> sat down. I was like, give him a second. I was like, oh, we better start recording this. <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. And I'm sure Morgan's team will listen to this uh, because this is the first one he's done in a long time, first interview. We just appreciate you guys trusting me with them to not, you know, be a douche because a lot of people are douches mm-hmm. and they'd have been chasing that clickbait. I never want to chase clickbait because clickbait comes and goes. But relationships that you have, not even just with artists, but with folks, you know, that is consistently you know, what's going to be that, that pays you the dividends. Not just in radio, but in life. So I get off my little, my little soapbox. I was pumped to get Morgan in here. And away we go. First up, not a lot of music. Mm-mm. So when I had to pick the five songs I was most excited about or five projects, it wasn't like there was a bucket full of amazing stuff. There's some stuff here that... that I'm excited to check out. It's like it, people took the week off this week. Yeah. <laughs> so when I do this, know that when you're like, that's on his list, <laughs> it wasn't a lot to choose from. But there's some stuff here. At number five, uh, I do enjoy the two guys from Seaforth. They have a song called Close Enough. Here you go.
1: We can't seem to get close enough. We listen to prayers. We dance and we kiss till our clothes
0: come on. One of those guys looks like me a little bit, like a slightly younger version he of me. kind of. They're from Australia, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I've met him a couple times. Nice guys. Turn it up a little bit.
2: We don't know what it is, but it's
0: At number 4, Lucas Graham has a new song out. Now, you would know him from his song 7 Years.
1: One sound 7 years old. Mama told me go make yourself
2: some friends or you'll be lonely once I was
0: Here's a new one called Where I'm From with Wiz Khalifa
2: hey, the way
1: for the
0: He performed I for me one to of the live performance nights of Dancing with the Stars mm-hmm. I think he was the most difficult Of all that were there. Really? That was Word. I didn't experience it firsthand because he wasn't my guy. I brought Chris Jansen. Uh, Somebody had Lucas Graham and they were like, he's kind of difficult to work (laughs) with. I think sometimes the translation from English to American culture at times with certain phrases and words and meanings, I think sometimes that can be misconstrued. So I'm just telling you what I heard. Number three, Dan and Shay have an original Christmas song out called Take Me Home for Christmas.
1: Baby won't you take me home for Christmas? Show me around your town. Take me where you used to watch the snow come down. All your traditions, I
2: wanna
0: know you know, it reminds me the Raging Idiots have a Christmas song out that we put out last year. Oh yeah. It's called Elf on the Shelf. The Elf on the Shelf can go an elf himself. <laughs> I forgot about that. Okay. Time to bust it back out. I think it is time to bust it back out. At number two, Hanson has a new album out called Perennial. Here's a new song called Nothing Like a Love Song. I like Hanson. I like their music. I like the only thing that gets them is they were kids. And they had long hair and did them, but otherwise they're a great band. And then number one, I'm going to put Billy Ray Cyrus in here. He put out the Singin' hill sessions. Uh, this is mama said, knock you out, which is of course an LL Cool J cover. Here you go. I only put that at one because I like Billy Ray and I think that's that's very it's interesting. If anything, he's going after something. And you may not even know the Yellow Cold J song if you're 25, you know. But LO Cold J for a while was the biggest rapper, probably before you a little bit too. I remember that song though. You do. Mm-hmm. Mama said, "Knock you out." Uh. The video was him in a boxing ring. Yes. Some. Yep. Uh, Daniel Bradbury released in my additional my honorable mention she released a version of her favorite Christmas song Oh Holy Night oh, hear the angel voice System of a Down put out their first new music in 15 years they have two new songs here is one called Protect the Land 15 years that can't be right that's right yeah 15 years since they put out an album an album yeah but when they did steal this album, that was 2005. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. They like hated each other for a while, and he did a solo thing. So, been but a minute. Steal this album was 2005. Yeah. So if you're not familiar, their their literal album was called Steal This Album, and or Steal This Record. Steal This Album, right? Steal This Album, yeah. And it looked like somebody just wrote it on the cover of it, and it would be at Best Buy or be wherever, and people were stealing it. Yeah. <laughs> As a joke, for the most part. Yeah. And also, that's a funny name. Uh, Sway Lee put out a song called Crabby Step for the new SpongeBob movie. It samples music from the show. Here you go.
2: Feeling a little bit crabby. How can I be happy when people are spending me money? The barnacles blew in the morning. I'm skipping outside. And yeah, I hope that sunny.
0: That's funny. Yeah. And it does, I don't feel like a rapper loses credibility for rapping about SpongeBob. It's cool. For some reason, because SpongeBob culturally is cool. Meme-wise, mm-hmm. which kind of makes it cool in any culture. Because if you're a cool meme, you're cool to Gen Z and even, you know, a little Gen X, too, obviously. Yeah, that song's my ringtone. This one is? Krabby yeah, stuff. The actual, like, SpongeBob song that you to be. Oh, it is? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and finally, The Offspring, who you may know from a couple songs, You Gotta Keep Them Separated, or All The Girls Say I'm Pretty Fly for a White Guy. They have a song called Christmas... Baby, Please Come Home, which is the cover. Here you
1: go. Christmas.
0: The away. I, I liked The Offspring a lot when I was a kid. They played the studio... Um, when we were living in Austin and it was bad. Oh. (laughs) I think it's just he had such a distinct high-pitched voice. When you get older, it starts to not be there. Mm -hmm. You lose some of of that range. Yeah, Dexter Holland. And he was trying to get it, couldn't quite get it. Could do it just enough where you knew that's who it was, but just wasn't right there. Maybe he was sick, though, you know? I don't think so. (laughs) I just think when you're older... That's how he sings, yeah. I've seen Elton John perform, and he's lost some of his high. Mm. And so he has to just sing in, in a different key, but... All right there you go. uh by the way, new music, no clips uh Neil young and Crazy Horse have a new live album. Wilco has summer teeth uh deluxe edition four c d Eddie frickin' loves Wilco. I've never been a Wilco guy you Mm-mm. you wouldn't be i am a friends listen to him. I never got into him yeah i there's a possibility that I would be based on there's but not it's just not for me they're like musical vegetables, meaning that you have to like. I think it's something you probably should listen to because it's great music, oh, yeah. but you don't want to. Alter Bridge, which, by the way, Walk the Sky, seven songs. Alter Bridge, if I'm going from my memory, is the Creed band without Scott Stapp. Mike is looking it up. I saw it here on the list, and I would mention it. See if Alter Bridge, it's got to be the Creed guys without Scott Stapp. Or it's one of those bands. Let's see. Or it's like Nickelback without the nickel. Yeah, you're right. What's it say? After their former band, Creed, became inactive in tw- 2003, they formed this band. Yep. Without Scott Stack, Without him. Uh, David Bowie, the Metrobolist, the Metrobolist. I don't even know what that word is, honestly. The Metrobolist, the Metrobolist, Metrobolist. Is that what we're going with? I think so. Uh, originally, the man who sold the world's 50th anniversary edition. Elvis Costello, Perry Farrell, The Glitz, The Glamour. It's a box set of his work outside of Jane's Addiction, a porno for Pyros. Kylie Minogue has disco and white snake love songs, uh, CD or two LPs. Okay, that's the music coming out. About to get to Morgan Wallen. We'll run through the headlines. Streams of "All I Want for Christmas Is You" surged on November first. Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas" for uh, "Is You" immediately started playing, and she made a ton more money. Yes. Luke Combs tops even more charts. You know, there has never been a country artist top the Billboard Hot 100, and he was in the running. He ended up finishing second. Mm -hmm. Ariana Grande beat him. I think if it had been anybody else, he'd have got it. I think he was unfortunate to go up against new Ariana music. Ariana or Taylor or Drake, that's about the only three people I could see beating him because it's an all-consumption chart. But he finished at number two, but he has just been crushing everything else. Hot country songs, country streaming songs, country digital songs, digital song sales with Forever After All, which, by the way, isn't even a single, Mm-mm. which is crazy. I guess it is now they're playing it as well. You're going to hear it with Morgan Wallen. They're running two Morgan Wallen singles right now. They're doing More Than My Hometown and Seven Summers. But the same thing now they're doing with Luke Combs. Charlie Warstrom is proud of Mississippi for voting to change the flag. It's something we've talked about with Charlie on the show before. Lanco and Tennille Towns book live shows in Nashville. So Lanco is going to headline a show on November 18th. Tennille Towns is booked a full band benefit concert December 1st. Uh, coronavirus, Marathon Music Works has reopened and they got some upcoming shows. They can't fill it up and you're going to wear masks, but good for music. And if nobody gets sick, they'll allow it to keep happening, you know? So I would encourage folks, go, be smart about being there, wear your mask, have a good time, go home. That's what's great. If we can intelligently have fun, we can keep having fun. And eventually, once there's a vaccine and once testing is even more readily available and rapidly, we're gonna get back to normal. It's gonna take a while, but as long as we're not idiots, we can start to have a little more fun. You just have to do it do it in a way that isn't setting us back two steps. You agree with that or no? So no mosh pits? Do virtual mosh. Okay. <laughs> I have no reason to go back to a show. Yeah, you don't because I'm like, okay. <laughs> punk <laughs> that crap. You guys it's, go it's done for a while. But if you just want to go watch a show, yeah. you can do that. Uh, The Strokes, Julian Casablanca's on playing old songs. He said, I couldn't care less about playing Last Night. Which, by the way, Last night she said... That's their big hit. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to play it. Nobody, honestly, none of these big artists that have songs that have been hits forever really want to play the song over and over again. They do because they know the fans want it and they do want to keep having fans. But he strikes me as the kind of guy who's like, I don't care, I'm just going to play music and... You may know this song right here. It was a jam on an yeah. iPod commercial, too, back in the yeah. day. Yeah. Here you go. Here's the Strokes. But he, he plays with a new band, and people want him to do this song with the new band, you know? Here we go. Last night, she said, feel so down. And finally, Taylor Swift is free. She can officially re-record her first five albums fans are celebrating. Uh, What I'm curious about is how it's going to sound. Almost impossible to recreate a sound. Now, why she's doing it is because people own the rights to her other music. Mm -hmm. And so she's just going to re-record it, hopefully make it sound the same. All right, that's it. Thank you, guys. Enjoy Morgan Wallen. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. you talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first-wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like, it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Right here with Morgan Wallen. Hey, let me tell you before we start. I broke a tooth, like, and I had my, my complete mouth is numb. I just came from the dentist, so if you, I'm not drunk. Does that feel kind of nice or? No, it sucks. <laughs> because I, here I am trying to talk. That's and, a good point. And my lip feels like it's about four pounds. So how
2: would you chip your tooth? <sighs> I mean, if you want, was if you want the, to share, no, I was
0: biting the tag off a T-shirt. Oh no way! Like I literally was like, all right, and I couldn't get the tag off, so I bit. But I bite fishing line constantly. Yeah, And I bite too. tags, and my tooth just goes crack. And then half of it was gone, so oh. I was like, Song.
2: "So it didn't really hurt or anything." I've never done that, yet, really.
0: It hurt once it was off. I went to dinner last night with a couple of friends, and while we were there, I started to drink water, and it was just like the cold. But anyway, sensitive. If I look funny, if my face looks funny, and I sound funny, I'm, oh, like, I'm oh, like Kanye through the wire. Oh, yeah. They had to wrap the first car accident, <laughs> but uh,
2: I wouldn't. But I wouldn't have said anything, man.
0: Good to see you, man.
2: Good to see you. How are you? All right. Other than that,
0: good. I think I feel like my life a little bit is getting. Somewhat back to normal. You yeah. Know, we're we're in the studio. I know you got CMAs coming up. Yes, sir. And you're performing. I am. Yeah. With your band, which has kind of been a rare thing for the last year.
2: And very rare. Um it's it's been every time we've got a chance to do it, I really, really look forward to it and, and really appreciate it just because I don't know when we're gonna get to do it again, you know. Um I've got to do a couple of things like acoustically private or you know, whatever, that kind of stuff, but it's not quite the same, and uh, well, which the award shows are a little different too, just because there's not really many fans, but you can kind of see that camera lens and imagine you know a little yeah. bit and it gives you some energy, but um, it's still really nice to just be with my guys and get to play you know songs we love
0: for me, I've been in Nashville now eight years or so. How long have you been in town?
2: I lived here uh, five and a half years now.
0: Luke Combs and yourself are the the fastest superstars I've seen in eight years it's and you guys did it differently, but for it was for me, it was Sam for a long time. Right, I saw Sam hit, and then Sam was a bit reluctant. Didn't really—he just it really wasn't his thing. It still isn't fully right. But then here comes Luke Combs, and I think can't nobody. And then here comes Morgan freaking Wallen.
2: <laughs> I still think it's weird that people call me the superstar man or or whatever. It's it's a uh, I don't know. I'm still adjusting to to even hearing that or or even considering myself that. You know. So it's uh, but it's nice to hear. It's nice to know that my team and me all get are getting are getting credit, you know. But it's uh, it's it's there's good and there's bad that comes with it, you know.
0: I want to play a clip of Up Down, Mike. If you don't mind playing that for me, so this is basically when I was introduced Raid to Radio. You right, right? Because you had um, how I talk, way I like, talk, yeah. wait, way I talk, yeah. yes, sir. And so I'd heard that kind of that kind of failed. So I don't know if it failed. I think it was your very first, and you had I can't even talk. You hear me go fur? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry, man. It's so you're, unprofessional. You're
2: you're fine. I promise. Uh,
0: it was your uh, it was your first shot, and you were on a you're on a small label,
2: right? I mean, I was the second person they signed.
0: So I don't know that it was a failure because of that. If I shouldn't you come say out, if you're on Warner or you're on Universal, and that happens, it's a failure, right? If you're on a team introducing you, I remember it.
2: I mean, that's just what I, I we had other choices. Whiskey glasses was there too, you know. Like I thought whiskey glasses was the better song. But it's not what I wanted to introduce myself as. The way I talk was like a almost like an autobiographical song, you know, yeah. for me. So I wanted that to be the case, and I was and I don't I shouldn't say failure because I'm it led to to here. Sure.
0: So you so you put you put that out, up down comes out. Now it's the first time I've really spent any time with hearing your music, and for me, I go and a lot of people probably did this because now I think you're seen as one of the one of the artists with the most depth. And it's a hard transition to go from a party song, like Up Down, your introduction, yeah. it's you in Florida Georgia Line, and right. it's like, okay, what's this guy about? Well, he just likes to party, and that's probably as deep as it goes. Yeah. But now, you know, with Seven Summers, more than my hometown, you're known as one of the guys that can write real, uh, chasing you, write these real deep songs. That, I, again, I haven't seen someone turn that corner as fast either.
2: Yeah, I, I know, It's. It, I thought the same thing, and I wanted to make sure that I wasn't known as just that guy, because... Yes, I do like to have a good time. I do like to party a little bit, but that's not completely who I am. You know, like I'm. I'm actually more drawn to the the songs that that dig a little deeper. Even when I'm listening to music, you know, I, I listen to a lot of like deep songs that some some of them I have to figure out what I even think the meaning of the song is. You know, it's like like the War on Drugs, for example, is like one of my very favorite bands, and half the time I don't, I don't I'm not even sure what he's saying, so I have to like really think about it, you know, and I really appreciate that, which, you know, in country music, you need to be a little more literal or, or you won't, probably, <laughs> probably won't get as far. But
0: That's funny. Uh, so you moved to town five, five, six years ago, you say?
2: Yeah, July of 2015.
0: And where did you live exactly before Nashville?
2: Uh, in Knoxville. I still, uh, I live with my parents still. I, I, I'm 27 now, but I was trying, I was in a transition period. I didn't know because I just came off the voice and I came back and I was with my parents trying to figure it out. And Ended up meeting some people here. Kevin Neal, who's a, who's a, who was my first booking agent, um, I got a meeting with him. Just me and my guitar came down here and uh, played him a couple songs. Probably not, really not good songs, I don't think. But he saw something in me, man, and he, and he said, move to town and I'll help you out, and he did.
0: When you are 18, you graduate high school. Did you graduate? Yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> I don't, who knows, right? And, and, and some people that do art, I wasn't even asking like that. No, but like I know, artistic I know. people are like, I hey, I, I know what I want to do. I don't want to do school. So, that is not what I...
2: I did not have... I had no idea this would be my life.
0: Really? Right.
2: I mean, I, I I always loved music. I really... I loved it my whole life. Since I was three years old, I've been singing in church. But I never saw a pathway for it to be possible. You know, like, the only times I'd ever even been to Nashville out like was playing ball. A, co- a couple times we played, and I can't remember where we played now, but we played somewhere in the Nashville area. But I'd never been here, like, on a trip. You know, I, I was in East Tennessee, but Nashville seemed like a lifetime away for, for me back then. You know, I'd never been on a plane. i just... It was just, it seemed so foreign, but um, I, I thought I was going to play ball, and I got hurt, and then that's when I started writing songs just out of sadness.
0: <laughs> you mentioned, we'll come back to the sadness, you mentioned <laughs> you're a kid at three, singing in church, but when you were young, too, you, were, you also kind of took to the fiddle a little bit? I did. Why the fiddle? Who played the fiddle around you to make you go, that's cool?
2: Well, I just really liked bluegrass music when I was when I was young, you know, coming from East Tennessee, especially Sneedville area. you know, like Jimmy Martin is, was born there, like the king of bluegrass, was born where I was born, so... It was kind of something that's in the culture. And I just, I really loved it when I was when I was that age. And uh, I still like it from time to time. Um, but I guess I'm not sure why I chose that out of all, you know, out of banjo, mandolin, guitar. I'm not really sure why because I like all those other ones better now. Can you
0: play the fiddle still? I,
2: probably not. I haven't picked, I don't know the last time I picked one up. I still kind of remember like the hand positions and stuff, but it if would take you, me.
0: If you were doing a show and you picked up a freaking fiddle, <laughs> and you didn't say anything about it, and you were like, all right, let me, that place would go freaking nuts.
2: Maybe maybe I need to think about putting it in there. When I was doing my headlining thing back in, I don't even know when that was now, but um, I started bringing out a piano in the mid-set, because I I like to do that too. Um, Just like kind of a transition, you know, give my band a break, I would bring on the opener, uh, Ashlyn Craft was opening for me, and she has a beautiful voice, and I just like to hear her sing, and she would sing a song with me out there, and we would kind of just do our thing for, you know, me, I would do my thing for probably 10, 15 minutes, and she would do a song with me as well, and I just, I really enjoy that. I think I'm going to keep doing it.
0: So you're you're are five, six years old, you're kind of messing around on the fiddle a little bit. When do you go, all right, I don't think the fiddle's for me, I'm going to go to a more traditional instrument or just sing? When
2: was that? Uh, well, I figured out that I didn't want the fiddle to be for me when I started playing ball. And I just it didn't seem like the cool thing to do. You know, <laughs> like the shortstop. Ain't, don't play fiddle. Come on now. So I guess I did that for, for reasons, not even just because of myself. But um, I took piano lessons too, Um around. I think I started doing that when I was seven. I started violin when I was five and I started piano when I was seven. And I did that for probably two, two to three years. So I played violin for five and piano for for three with lessons on, on each. So, like, I'm classically trained to play piano and violin, but I just I just started... I usually only play piano by ear now.
0: Who in your life, though, was motivating you or at least encouraging you to chase music early on? My
2: mama. Yeah. She uh, even, you know, like, it sounds good to try to learn something, but then, you know, I, oh, I'm a kid, I want to learn something. But then you realize, well, this is actually kind of... It's kind of hard. So I was wanting to quit, obviously, like, you know, like kids do. And my mom wouldn't let me. And she always, you know, by the time, you know, once I got to be a certain age, she allowed me to. She's like, all right, well, if you really want to play ball, then focus on ball and get good at that. So I did that. But she, while I was, you know, still young enough to have a different life other than ball, she she really pushed me to do it. And I'm, now I'm really thankful. She was like, you'll thank me one day. And I'm like, yeah, right. But, she, <laughs> but, but I, you do I, I now. do I do.
0: Yeah. Oh, so it, people will be surprised to hear you sit down at a piano and play what 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 do you play?
2: I play when I played the on uh, um, in my show I played a, a one of my first songs that I wrote uh, all my, my all by myself I I didn't even know if the song was good or not but it, it ended up doing decently well like on streaming and on all that kind of stuff so I figured the fans really liked it and I like playing it it's called Spin You Around um, and then I play You Make It Easy which I wrote with the FGO guys for for Al I do that one and then I then I did a, a just a cover that I did while I was on the Voice that people kind of like and um, which one was that Collide.
0: Oh, Howie did. Yeah, I have a friend who wrote that with Howie. Really? Yeah, Kevin Griffin.
2: That's cool. Yeah. Man.
0: So, it's an, I have a piano over the house. Yes. Yeah. This is in like a second house. What we should do, and we're done. Take thirty seconds, pop over there, and put some of that on this. Do you mind? No, send, I don't mind. Send it the keys yeah, I don't it, mind. We can insert it inside of this, yeah. and it's ten steps yeah, away. Yeah, it's fine. And then I owe you one golf simulator trip. <laughs> for doing that. All right. Uh, you, you're in high school. You graduate high school, and you think to yourself. Are you hurt by this point playing ball? Did you hurt yourself?
2: And high- no. I, well, I got hurt right when my senior year was starting. So
0: oh, you didn't even get to fully play your senior. I got
2: year. to. I only got to hit twenty games. Um, I was I pit I played pitcher and shortstop mostly shortstop for my high school team because we didn't really have a a deep team. There was nobody to play shortstop really when I pitched or so or you know somebody could play short, but then the third baseman nobody could play third. Yeah. So we had to you know consolidate. But um, yeah that that happened and you know kind of. I just didn't really get a chance to prove myself like I like I wanted, you know. And I, I had a couple offers and they disappeared. Um, but you know, and that I had put in, put so I played ball since I was four, so I had put you know fourteen years of competitive ball too. Like once I got to be eleven, we started traveling. My parents, you know, they how good were you? I was good, man. I, I could have definitely played in college, but I, I you know I don't, I don't I wasn't like that good. I, and honestly, as much as I played, I didn't try as hard as I could have either. I was just from a young age i was naturally gifted at it so it was almost like a curse for me too because i just i was always better than the kids when i was you know 8 9 10 11 12 13 and so i figured oh, i don't even gotta try you know i ain't even really gotta practice that hard and i just kind of kept that same mentality up through high school and once you get to high school it's not even you do have to have natural abilities but some of those kids that i used to be like or they were not as nearly as good as me they worked their butt off and they you know they're into pros now so it's like it really is a lot about work, and I didn't—I didn't have that work ethic back then.
0: I was talking to Jamison Rogers a few days ago. We we're talking about the the soft, softball league. That are yeah. you are you playing with them? Yeah. Did,
2: did. you guys win that? that no, I, I actually only got to play in three games. I didn't okay. even get to end up getting to play. Um, the, the, we had the the championship was supposed to be this past Monday, but I was back home, seeing my dad, so I just I just didn't even get to. Did go they win?
0: Because he left here going.
2: No, with... no they didn't win. They lo- they didn't even make it to the championship game.
0: How do they? How do you not? It's all college. Ex college players.
2: I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure. Because I'll tell you this: every game I played in, we won. That's all I know. Can <laughs> <laughs> you, you still hit? Yeah, I can still hit. A yeah. le- I'm. I'm. I'm a little rusty on hit. I'm still pretty good at fielding, though. I, I was playing short out there. I. I, I always like defense better. And I like hitting anyway.
0: So you finish high school, but if you were a 16 uh, year old Morgan, does he want to play ball or does he want to play music?
2: Wants to play ball. Okay. When did it at least I think I do.
0: When did it happen where you go? All right. Now I think I really want to play music. Was it when ball was no longer an option?
2: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even like, I didn't even say, all right, well, ball's not an option. I'm going to play music. It was like, damn, the most important thing in my life, I thought, is gone. And I've always liked music. I've always liked words. You know, I I wrote rhymes and, and poems and stuff growing up. I always enjoyed that. So I figured, well, all this feelings that I'm feeling, maybe I'll just try to make some kind of music just to, almost like a therapy for me. You know, I started writing on my parents' workout bench in their in their garage, uh, or, yeah, in their, right in their garage. I remember always walking out. My mom, I would, she would always be in the kitchen cooking or whatever, and I'd walk straight into the kitchen. And so here, I just wrote this. What do you think, you know? And uh, that's when it started, man. I, I, and I just developed a love for songwriting and for just the the craft of of creating something, and just to help me get through something. That's really what it started as. It was never like a oh, I'm gonna be a rock star now, you know.
0: Did you think though when you're Writing music wherever you are at home, and this is before you moved to Nashville. It's before you, you went and auditioned for the voice. Well, like what did you think you wanted to do? Was it move to Nashville eventually? Was it I don't I mean, I don't know where your mind is at this time.
2: Man, I when I went on the voice, I was either twenty or twenty one and I didn't really know, man. I didn't I didn't know. I just knew that I didn't me as a person, I didn't know what it took to even get someone to listen, you know. Um I didn't even know that much about Nashville. I just my mom signed me up for The Voice, too. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, so- I didn't even know what The Voice
0: was. <laughs> 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 That's honest to God. So what does she say to you? She, she says, Morgan, we're going to do this show or what?
2: Basically, she's like, you know, you've been writing and singing and you're really good at it. Um, I signed you up for The Voice and I'll drive you if you want to go. And uh, we drove to St. Louis. And, um, man, I there was a bunch of people there. I don't even know how many people there. You know, we... It was in the arena in the St. Louis Billikins or whatever they are um, arena. And they call you, you know, you sit out in the actual stands or whatever. And then they call you and you walk down and then go kind of backstage, you know, like back in the in the locker rooms and stuff. And I was in one of the locker rooms singing for the producer. And there with like 20 other people or something. They give you like a verse and chorus or something like that. And they asked me to stay out of all of them. So I stayed and went back home. They asked me to come to St. Louis a couple of days later, went back made it through that one uh
0: what do think, you think are you are you even nervous about it or are you just like you know if it works out good I, I, I wasn't
2: that nervous yeah i mean to an extent you know like i've never been around all these bright lights and all these people and that kind of thing but not really like i because it wasn't some kind of big huge plan you know for me i'm like i put all my cards in this you know it's just kind of like all right well, let's let's see what happens and that's one of the things i remember about once we actually made it onto the show all the people all the other contestants you know they're like god I'm, you know this is, this is my chance. You know, they're all fired up. I'm like, they're like, what about you? I'm like, my mom signed me up. <laughs> they're like, what? <laughs> so I, I will always remember them being so just shocked that that, that, I, that was my attitude towards it. But I don't know. I just, I, I've always felt pretty comfortable in my, in my own skin pretty much
0: anywhere. You've finished the voice. You didn't win, right? No, not even close. I didn't even make it. I made it to top 20. What 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 are you doing at top twenty on the voice? Like, are you just singing? You get the judges' chairs turned around for you, though, right?
2: Yeah, I made it past the blind audition. Um,
0: who who flipped over? for Shakira you? and Usher. I act like I don't know anything about the voice because I work in American Idol, so I'm acting so dumb. Like, like what's even the voice? <laughs> that's dude? what you're supposed to yeah, do. Yeah, like a, so, Shakira and Usher.
2: Right. Um, which they didn't show it this way on television, but th- those those were the only two spots left. I went. There was like five di- five days of tryouts, and I was on the very last day at the very end of the very last day. I've thought for a while I was not even get to try out because some of the people out there didn't even get to try out because the teams filled up before they would got a chance. Um, some of the, a couple of those people are in Nashville now that I that I met out there. Um, Seth Ennis was one of them, and um, man, I I, 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 you know they, they, so those two had had a chair, so they turned around. I was happy about that. And My mom uh, said, is she, "Is she with you?" Uh, not at the, not at this okay. point. Um, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's with me at the blind audition. Yeah. But before we went, I was like, "All right, mom, I don't know anything about this show. Who you think I who should be my coach if I get a chance?" She said, "Usher." So I said, "All right, I'm gonna pick Usher then." So I picked Usher, and uh, then I had a battle, and he like he he picked the other guy I went against, and then Adam put me on his team, stole me, and uh, then the top twenty, I think it was still decided by by them, and I tried to because they really wanted me to be a pop singer, like pretty hard, and. I didn't really, but I was also young, and I was like, I don't really know. Maybe you guys are right. I don't know. That's not really what kind of songs I write. Not really what I am, but if you guys, you guys, you know, I thought these LA. few powers it's that LA, be, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, you guys think I should be. Maybe I should be. And uh, finally, once it got to top 20, I was like, man, I really don't want to sing this kind of music. I'm going I'm to sing country music. And the only song that was on there that was a country song was Florida Georgia Line. And it was Stay. I really didn't sing it that well. I really didn't do it that well. Um, I was still kind of figuring out my voice and, and, you know, just growing up, man. And, uh, cause I, I really had a, probably a more raspier voice then. And cause I forced it and didn't really realize it. And I was still trying to figure that out. So I really didn't sing that song that well. And that's when they, got, so I understand why they didn't keep me on there. So that's when I, that's when I got booted. And, but luckily, you know, it was like, if I'd have made it another step, they would have had maybe part in my career yeah. and things like that. So it was really a blessing.
0: So are you destroyed? whenever you get kicked off the show or you're like, hey, that was cool, but now I have a little confidence.
2: That's exactly right because you know, I'm, I, I try to be pretty self-aware. And, and what I just told you about me not crushing that performance, I knew that then too. So I, I, you know, I was a little bit upset at myself for not crushing it, but I also didn't necessarily know why I didn't crush it. So it was, it was me trying to figure that out. So I wasn't mad at myself for failing. I was just trying to figure out what, why did I fail. And you know, I think that really pushed me to to get better as a vocalist and as a you know just as a as a singer. So um, no, I didn't, I did not freak out. It was just, I mean, there was a little bit of scared and worriness. You know, like, well, now what do I do? I got to go back to Knoxville and move in with with my parents again, and and who knows what after that. Um, but you know, obviously, it turned out okay.
0: So you met Sergio Sanchez. That's right. He was your vocal coach. Yep. And was he living here?
2: No, man. No, he he uh. Sergio um yeah I I owe a lot to him too man um my mom so like whenever we I can't remember exactly at what point during the show but they get let they let us come home for a couple months and right before the live shows I guess or whatever so we got we had a couple month break and they they strongly advised us to get a vocal coach while we were home and I ain't never had a vocal coach you know I was like I don't I don't know I just I, I guess it could help so my mom was looking and she was like hey I found this guy Sergio Sanchez he You know, he's a former rock guy. I found all these other classical guys, but I don't know. I don't know if that's what you want. You know, like that's not really what what, like how you sing. So I found this guy. My mom found this guy, and uh, I went, and he was actually uh, he had started like a bakery business. He had he had a I don't know what exactly what it was called. I'm sorry, Sergio, if you're listening. I'm sorry, I don't remember. (laughs) It was called it was called Fit Suites is what it was called, and I think he actually ended up one of the things that he has. He ended up selling a a bit of it. He he actually did okay with it, Um, but that's where we would go he was just starting that 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 little storefront up and we'd go in the back room of there and just uh kind of sing and then he was like man he he's he told me from from uh that after we met for the first time he called another guy that he knew and he said dude i think i just met the next like the next guy and they're like what do you mean you know whatever but he's always from day one believed in me and and uh we started writing songs together and Getting some demos done, and he used to be in a rock band called Adam Smash, and they were signed to Atlantic Records. And you know, they're, he was legit singer and legit music, a uh, music musician. And um, man, he he, I, I owe a lot to him. Man, he he really he pushed me as well to to write songs and to, to to keep going.
0: So when you guys did Morgan Wallen and Them Shadows, right? How come it wasn't Morgan and Sergio? I mean, did he trust you? I mean, was he that much on Team Morgan Wallen?
2: He was, man. I mean, you know, I think there was still a little bit of a part of him. I'm, I'm imagining I don't know. I'm just thinking if it was me and, you know, I'd been through a record deal and we got dropped and then you, you meet some other guy. I'm trying to put myself in those shoes. I'm sure that I would have to swallow that a little bit, you know, And, and but he never he never really made me feel that way. He was always cheering me on, and, and, and uh, I, I really respect him for that.
0: Here's a clip of uh, Ying Yang Girl from Morgan Wallen and the Shadows. So all right you you're shopping music around town at this point right because you I mean, well no
2: no this is before we'd even got to Nashville
0: oh you this is um this is in back home
2: yeah well no i I recorded him in Florida actually so one of the guys that he knew who had helped him get a record deal was a, a producer more in the rock world and uh he was like, hey, we can record some songs or some demos or whatever you know we'll go down there and do it so that's what we did We went to Florida and this is before I'd even before I'd even moved to Nashville yet.
0: So, it's time to move to Nashville. You got a guy that says, hey, I kind of got your back if you come out here. What does that even mean, though? Because, listen, I'm from a small town in Arkansas. I was broke. And it's like, you got nothing to lose because you're not losing anything.
2: I was about to say, I was already broke, so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just moved cities and be broke
0: somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. So, you moved here, and what kind of place do you move into?
2: Uh, me and, actually, me and my guitar player, Dominic, uh, which you've met. We've been in the studio with, with you before. Um, he, uh, me and him moved and got an apartment in Mount Juliet, and Century Providence is where we lived, um for for a while for a couple years I guess. And uh, man, my my band, they, they've everybody except for Sergio is not my band anymore. It wasn't anything, uh, you know, harmful. We had a good split. He he just got married and wanted to be at home, you know, and uh, so I, he's the only one I've replaced in my band. I still have the same band. They all moved here with me for me, and um, man, they're. They're, uh I have them to thank a lot too.
0: Isn't that great that you get to, like, take them along on a journey, and they kind of get to create their own journeys too.
2: They are, they are right now, and I and I love to see it. You know, it's it's uh it's a cool thing to to be a part of, and they're like my they're like my family. I don't get to see them as much right now, and that 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 part sucks. But I uh, I think they know that I, I root for them and whatever whatever they end up doing on their own too.
0: When you sign with Big Loud, did. Were you in demand, where lots of folks were trying to sign you, or was Big Loud like the one? I don't line? know.
2: I didn't. I didn't. I took a meeting with Big Loud. Um, I, So what happened is Kevin Neal, who the guy who originally told me to ask me to move here, was sending my demos around town and ended up one of them ended up getting into Seth's, Seth England's hand. And I was not even looking for a record deal. Really, I was just looking for some co-writes to try to try to get to be a better songwriter. Just to you know, get better songs and learn stuff from these people. And um, Seth got it and was like, "What's up with this kid? Um, is he looking for a record deal?" And I was like, "Well, I mean, that's not I wasn't I wasn't asking you for one, but yeah, eventually I was gonna be looking for one, you know." Um, so I went in there and played for for him, Joey and Craig, Joey Moy and Craig Wiseman. Um, played a few, played like two of my own songs and then I sang uh Talladega by eric church and I raised i jacked the key up real high figured I might as well try to try to show off a little bit you know and uh I could tell that they that got their attention and I, they were just they i don't know man we just all kind of meshed, and and I feel like they understood me from that first day that I met them and uh so the next week I went in and played for the conference room for the whole staff at that time you know it wasn't even that many people thinking they could still all sit at the table at that point and, uh, I played, I played, I kind of think I did the same, same set, little three songs, three, four, three, four songs, um, did that. And, you know, I, I went around and shook everybody's hand and met everybody, you know, like, that's what I, that's what I was taught to do. That's just what you do when you meet somebody, you know, you kind of talk to everybody in the room and they were, they were like, after I left, they were like shocked by that. I was like, was is that not normal? You know, <laughs> but I remember that for some reason. And, uh, then the week after that they offered me a record deal. And I, I just didn't go nowhere else. I was just like, I don't know. And I don't know why, looking back now, it's like this record label has not proven anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't done anything, not a damn thing. But uh, obviously Joey Moore is very you know successful in the rock world at that point and with FGL. And I knew a little bit about Seth, knew a little bit about, obviously Craig's a, a, a great songwriter, but that doesn't mean that they know how to do anything with radio. So I don't know why, but I just I'm I'm pretty big off gut instincts a lot of times when it comes to stuff like that, and I just had a real peace man. I I prayed and, and talked to my parents and I just had a, a real big peace about them, and I just never looked anywhere else.
0: And so you start off with the EP. They're going, we're gonna put a, a few songs out first. Yeah. Were they basing anything off the success of the EP, or were they just going, we're gonna kind of put your foot in the water, and then while we're doing that, we're gonna make the big record. Right. Yeah. Was it that was, the plan?
2: It was. Yeah. They they. And and I and I knew that it might be a little slower just based off who they were. But I just really believed in them and the things that they that they stand for and believe in and just their work ethic and I just really they just I don't know, they just had a different I had stu you know, i had stu- done a little bit of studying on the labels and that kind of thing and I knew about the other ones and I don't know, man. I just felt like I was really gonna be a priority. I knew that. And I, I really they only liked had
0: one other artist. They had
2: Chris Lane was the first Chris one they signed. Lane, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh I don't know. They just have a different way of doing things. You know, it's like a it's a unique label in town. And um, yeah, I don't know. But we've been we but they back to the EP. Yeah, they that's what they said. You know, like this may work. It may not. You know, we're we're learning with you. We're still building these relationships. We're working on it. Like we know these people, but we got to prove ourselves, too. So I knew that it might take a while and I knew that there was a bigger project coming.
0: Did you have a mullet then?
2: No, I did not. I actually had long hair, just regular long hair then.
0: <laughs> uh, and I remember you from having regular long hair. You look like a poet. You look like a slant guy doing slam poetry. Yeah, it was, More not, than- it was not the move for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not the move. <laughs> what, uh, when you cut the mullet, because I credit you to the entire country music mullet world. You You were the first one that said, hey, this is just what it is. Now, everybody does that a little bit, but honest to God, and I'm not just blowing smoke Every your butt because you're here. You were the first one to kind of bring it back and make it cool again.
2: Back. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll say... Well, I'll you ta- didn't invent it. No, no. I mean,
0: yeah, yeah. But I'm saying to, that the next generation of, of country guys, even some of the older guys that are being funny and cutting, it's all because of you. You well, know that, right?
2: I, I, I got a pretty good feeling. Yeah. I, I definitely had a good part in it.
0: Why Why did you cut the mullet, and did you expect it to last?
2: Uh, Well, I had a... After I cut my long hair, I kind of just had a haircut, you know? And as as I remember... Um, Stacy at, at CMT told me one time, he was like, you can usually tell, all, uh, if you can look at a silhouette of a person, you can usually tell that's them. I was like, well, I don't know if you could do that with me right now. <laughs> so I started thinking, you know, and I, I couldn't really, didn't really think anything. So I was like, well, whatever. I'm just going to let my music speak for itself, I guess. And then I went back home to uh, my parents on Easter. I guess it was three years ago now, maybe, maybe yeah, three, I think. And uh, I was looking through a, Photo album of my parents when they got married. My dad had a mullet, and uh, me and him look a lot alike. We're we're just a lot alike in general. And he was twenty five when he got married, and I was twenty five at the time. So I guess not even three years, almost three years ago. And uh, I was either twenty four, twenty five, whatever. I was the same around the same age as him. I was like, "Well, dad, you look pretty good now. If I if you can do that, I can do that. I'm gonna wear a mullet." He was like, "All right, man. I don't. He probably didn't believe me or whatever." But I went back and. Told Amy, uh, Amy Cruz is my uh, well, Amy Georgulas now is her last name. I knew her when she was Amy Cruz, but um, she, I told her, I said, "Hey, Amy, I, th- I think I, I think I know what haircut I want. I think I'm gonna get a mullet." She was like, "Really?" I said, "Yeah," and she was all for it. She was like, "Yeah, yeah." So I was like, "All right, cool." And then, you know, my label management, there, they, I tell them I'm getting a mullet. They're like, "What? <laughs> no." Please, God, no. And I'm like, y'all know what happens when y'all tell me no. I'm going to do exactly the opposite of that. So I I did. I grew it. And uh, I did not, but I didn't expect it. It wasn't like I had forgotten about the whole silhouette thing at that point. It wasn't like I didn't expect it to become a thing. I didn't expect it to show up at shows and dudes are wearing mullets and cut off flannels. I just, I don't know. I just, I just liked how it looked and and, and, uh, here we are.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, that's what I know. Isn't it you? Yeah. And because it's such a lasting first impression. But again, much like up-down, it's like you're the mullet guy. That's how you get in the door. But then you kind of open your rib cage up, and you're like, this is the rest of me. Like the mullet gets you in. Yeah. The heart is what makes you last.
2: Right, yeah. And that's a good way to put it. I never thought of it that way. But, you know, people... <laughs> Whether they like it or they hate it, they're still going to say, that's a mullet,
0: you know? Well, and I wear really dark rim glasses. I'm just a generic white guy, right? <laughs> I really am just another generic white guy. <laughs> me
2: too, without the mullet. Yeah, man. <laughs> and so I was going,
0: well, I can't see. What can I do to make me stand out? Because I always thought if someone could draw a character of you pretty easily, that means that what you're doing stands. So I was like, I'm just going to wear big, dark rim glasses. And that's where that comes from. Kind of the same idea about the uh, the, the silhouette. Yeah, our,
2: our- that, I, I guess i'll just never forget stacy saying that to me man I, he he said that and i was like that's a good point man because i he, there was there was like a picture of a silhouette so, or i don't even know if it was a picture or like a piece of art or something but there was people and i knew them all from the back not even from the front from the back and uh that made me think a little and so i've always remembered that
0: the first show i went to of yours i was at marathon music works yep. and had a bunch of uh it was like during radio, one of those radio seminars, and I don't do a lot of that stuff, but I was in town for that it was, night.
2: It was CRS, wasn't it?
0: Maybe so, yeah. I think so. And, and a couple guys were like, hey, you're in town. Just get, come, come to Morgan Wallen's show. And I was like, I'm just going to be honest with well, you. Yeah. yeah, fine, but yeah I, was like, I was like, is anybody going to be there? And they were like, <laughs> they were like, yeah. I was like, I know like two of the songs. Um. Yeah, I'll go just because I want to see you guys. And I go, and it is packed to the gills. <laughs> Dude, that was a fun show. It's, it. And you freaking blew the. And then I was like, oh man, like I missed on. I missed on knowing how great you were early. Well, you. I mean. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, I see a lot of acts. That's what I'm
2: about to say. Whether, whether, whether I, I'm great or not, you get you get swamped with, with but people telling you that.
0: I still miss, and I'm usually pretty good. And I'm telling you that to your face. Like, I <laughs> I missed, and I was like, I don't know about, whether there going to be 30 people there? And I get there, you can't even move. They had to put us in like a little cage to make sure nobody was. <laughs> they did. Yeah. I was, remember. It was phenomenal. Oh, so thank you, man. Thank you for your honesty. And, I, <laughs> and you came, and you, you, you played the, the St. Jude show last year, and I was just like, god dang man this guy is so good and then you know your, so your record what's crazy about it is like it comes out and does well but it it's the biggest snow slow building yeah, snowball it's, i've it's, ever
2: seen I know it's wild it was like i, know, I can't even remember it was like a hundred and something weeks after it that it finally made it to number one on like a on billboard for like it was like 117 weeks or something wild like
0: it are you feeling it now where it's like you I know you're not going to use the word, but just for the far sake of conversation, are you feeling it now where you kind of like, I can actually feel some of the superstardom? Or did it hit you like this, or was it kind of like slow?
2: I think it hit me in Alabama about six weeks ago.
0: Yeah. Well, what's funny about that, too, is like, I follow you on TikTok, and when you sing straight into TikTok, I think it blows people's socks off because you're so freaking good. Thank you. And man. I don't think people expect for like a country boy like yourself with a mullet to just sound so good. Probably not. And then I would see, this is way before the Alabama stuff, I would see you were worshipped on TikTok. There was just a culture of, and I would get them all, and I'd be like, why am I watching these girls talk about how much they love Morgan Wallen? <laughs> I know, man. And I'd, I'd swipe away from them. I didn't want to spend too was, much time I watching <laughs> I
2: don't even get on there, man. But, um, yeah, I, I well, I kind of realized that about TikTok once the Seven Summers thing happened, because, I didn't even really know what TikTok was whenever that whole thing happened because I, Jake, Jake Owen had nominated me for a demo challenge on Instagram. Like, you remember when everybody's was doing those challenges at the beginning of quarantine just to keep, you know, we thought it was going to be a little month or whatever. This will be fun. <laughs>
0: Eight months uh, later.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, challenge. I haven't seen any challenges lately Have y'all. <laughs> no, because everybody's tired. <laughs> uh, but, you know, somebody, I guess, screen grabbed it and put it on TikTok. And... Somebody from my team, I can't remember if it was Seth or Tracker, but said, hey, have you seen what's going on with with TikTok? I'm like, TikTok? I I really didn't even know what it was. And they said, yeah, it's a new app. And somebody's got on there, you know, they've got seven summers. They're using that sound bite a lot. I was like, okay, that's interesting. Because I I originally put that sound bite out on my Instagram to gauge if I even wanted to cut the song or not. I didn't even know if I was going to record it. And, um. So I was like, all right, that's cool, you know, whatever. A couple of weeks go by. They're like, dude, this thing is like really going off on there. I'm like, well, don't you guys think we might need to put it out then, you know, if it's doing that? So we went and recorded it. And uh, I think it had like 30 million hits on there or something before it ever even came out. So I, I I started like being like, man, this could be a real tool we could use for for music and try to drive people to the new music. So um, man, I just started, you know, leaking a, a demo on my Instagram every so often or, you know, playing a acoustic thing on my instagram and i didn't even have to post it on tiktok they would just do it and um just you know just giving little pieces of stuff and 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 i did that without asking you know the first couple of times they're like dude what do you do what are you doing? put these songs out and then they you know they kind of they were like well they didn't get mad at me actually my team they're 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 so good and understanding they didn't they didn't get mad but they're you know they they're gonna ask or ask questions what do you do but uh so i told them and they're like all right that's cool that's a good idea so we just kept you know i've kind of just continued to do it a little bit and then Somebody has like leaked some demos that I don't even know where they came from. I don't even have the, I don't even have the demos. I don't know where they even came from that are on there. But uh, the ones that I leak and put on my Instagram, they, we I like to do that. I like to get people's hopes up for that, and then you know drop them soon after. Hopefully,
0: yeah. On TikTok, you're a lowercase G god for sure. <laughs> they look and and somehow I see all these girls. It's like guys, get over it. Like I I, I don't even want to see them anymore. I, I but it's, know, it's great. It's great. I I love I love that how your fan base was organically created and just because you brought it up. And I'll only ask you a few more questions. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm when, enjoying it. When the Alabama stuff happened, I was like, guys get off his jock. Like I didn't, I understand the COVID stuff. Me too. But I was like, what do you want from this guy? He's what, 27? 27, 27 years old. No, People were just having fun.
2: I know. I mean, I get it, but I also, I understand both sides of it a, a little bit. You know, I know, I got, I know that I got young kids that look up to me and all those kind of things too. So, I do want to be mindful of things. I'm not going to let people control the way I live my life, but I do also want to be mindful. And honestly, I have I have a son now, and I don't know that I'd be proud to show him those videos. You know, I'm like, I got to think about some things a little bit differently. And honestly, I have I have been in, you know, throughout this whole process, there's been times where for a while I would just be like, man, I'm, I'm really, I'm kind of like lonely, and I don't know if I even like this. And and then, you know, there's the, and then there's another high, and you're like, oh, yeah, I love this, you know, and it just kind of goes goes through phases, and I kind of just, had been living like that, you know? And it's like, I don't can I not maybe do something to combat that? Maybe I don't have to be so moody, you know? So I, it was almost a good thing for me. I, you know, it kind of forced me away and just to kind of reflect and look at myself and kind of get to know myself again. And it was good for me. So I, I took like a while, like almost two weeks and just turned my phone off and just didn't, didn't even look at it, you know, drove on the tractor things like that and just cleared my head. And, uh, it was really, really good for me. So I don't, I don't really love the, con- the, the, the circumstances that led to that, but I'm thankful for, for where it led me.
0: And my only point was you were living your life. You're going to you're gonna have to learn somehow what you like, what you don't like. Yeah. I was just like, let, let the guy, you weren't doing anything illegal. No, no. Like let the guy live his life. But I was vocally pro you live in your life.
2: I appreciate that, man.
0: Uh, so, you know, I, I had a very similar situation. I'm just now getting married in April. I'd never been married. I don't have any kids. But I was struggling with being single. And uh, Tyler, Florida Georgia Line, told yeah. me in a coffee shop. I was like, dude, you're kind of spiraling. And it was a different spiral. My spiral was straight loneliness. And I just could not... I was like... I don't, my thing was a ratio of loneliness to happiness. That's and, where I was. Too. And I would, I would have some hit and I'd feel great. But then, because I'd, be, I'd do a stand-up show and I'd feel so loved on stage. But then you go back to your hotel room and you're just like... Well, it, it sucks. It's so easy to base,
2: yeah, your feelings off of what other people think because that's what the, that's my job, you know. It's like I pour my heart and soul into this. I really want these people to like it, and damn, they do like it. You know, they do like me. That's awesome. And then, but you start chasing that, you know. That's what, that's you start wanting that feeling all the time and more and more. Yeah, it's like a, it's almost like a drug. You just keep on, you know. Oh, that feels good. I like it when people like me. I, I mean, who don't? And I've always been the type of guy. I really want to make everyone around me have a good time and feel good. That's like I love that. I don't. I want people to to love me. I just always have. And um, so it's it's kind of like a, it's it's a catch twenty two. You know, it's like
0: you going to go back and do SNL. <clears throat> do they think you'll,
2: you'll? Well, they they originally told me that they were going to invite me back. Uh, if they do, I'll, I'll go do it. Yeah.
0: I hate <clears throat> the situation that happened for you, but I think if if I'm standing back ten feet for your career, one. I think you learned a lot from it, but two, it was great. I, I saw you pop up on the e news feed. You crossed over into uh, e news because I, of this.
2: People were sending me like little screenshots, or whatever. Like we've never heard of this guy before. I'm like, well, that's good.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> at least you know wouldn't want you to go through it again. <laughs> no. However, it takes it takes some deep valleys to to, to understand how hard it is to climb the, t- the the tall mountains. Right, and it's not even you. That's not, not even going to be your lowest. You're going to go through so many highs and lows. Oh no. But I know. I'm proud of you, man.
2: Thank you. I really appreciate that. I'm proud Thank of you. you for having my back on that too. I'm
0: just, all, I'm just such a big fan too. And I'm not someone who claims to be there from the start. You know, I'm like, hey, <laughs> what the heck is this guy doing?
2: <laughs> I don't. I was I, the I, hardest one to convince. I can't even say I blame you, man. I came out, I came out <laughs> of the gate with songs that weren't even my personal favorite. So you know, I, I
0: understand. Uh, chasing you, just still my favorite. Uh, seven Summers. The weird thing about Seven Summers and uh, more than my hometown is they kind of are running alongside each other, which is rare. They're both in top 30 of the chart. I know. I think Hometown is almost, it's in top three right now, maybe? Top,
2: I believe top three. I think they go, what is today, the fifth? They told me that they're going for number one on starting pushing spins on the 15th. So
0: And you already have a song. It's like number 28 or
2: something. It. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, dude, it's it's wild. And, and it, you know, like we were talking about the TikTok thing earlier. I knew, I had a good feeling that Seven Summers would come out the, out of the gate, you know, pretty strong. Definitely not as strong as it did. Had no idea it was going to do any of that stuff.
0: I would have worried that it was going to take spins off of hometown. I did, I did have yeah. that
2: worry. I did have that worry, but like we didn't even we didn't even plan on putting that out as a single. It was almost forced upon us. Like people were just playing it. Yeah. So we're like, well, if these people are playing it, they're playing it. Maybe we just ought to make it a single. And my and I mean my label, I, 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 I you know I ask them every week. I'm like, are y'all mad at me yet? You know, you're having to work two singles. I know that's got to be a pain. <laughs> But they, uh, obviously, I think they're pretty happy about it, too, and, and they, they work really hard, and they're doing a good job.
0: All right, well, I'm done with you, but you sure you don't mind walking over to the house? No, I don't mind. Because we'll, we'll play it on this. Yeah. It'll be like 30 seconds. I think I, people would be freaking...
2: I ain't played play the piano in about a month. We'll try it.
0: Great. <laughs> All right, Morgan Wallen, we're going to go. Right. But the next thing you hear is us walking over to the house right. and doing it over there.
2: Yeah, working, I when you...
0: On right now is new artist Harper Gray. She has a new song out called Muddy Water. I'm going to play a clip of this right now. This muddy water's
1: always been a part of me. I can pray my way to Jesus. I can wear my fancy dress. But to save me from this mess.
0: Harper, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm really good. You know, I, I reached out to Harper when before COVID got weird again, I was like, "Hey, we're gonna have a softball team. Because she's like a nine <laughs> sports star. Well, we're still when we do in spring, if we can, I still want you to play with us if you can. You still you still down?
1: Oh all in, all in. You know I'm ready.
0: <laughs> so your your athletic history, you were you played softball and basketball, right?
1: Softball and swimming.
0: Okay. So were you good at both yeah. of those?
1: I was – swimming was my main sport until I had three shoulder surgeries. So that was actually my, like, my main, you know, waking up doing two-a-days at age 12 sport. And then softball was my, my off-season sport, but I was pretty good at it. So I ended up um, playing in college till I had my fourth shoulder surgery. Dang, and what's up with
0: those I shoulders? Do you, your parents have messed-up shoulders?
1: I honestly – every doctor kept saying, this is genetics. It was my big, my first big lesson of knowing your limits because I also was the kid that was like, no, I'm going to push, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this because <laughs> I wanted to be the best. So I think it was a mix of genetics and then me also not knowing when to stop at an early age.
0: Well, now I'm scared if you play softball with us, you're going to blow out your shoulder again. I'm going to be on the hook for that.
1: Oh, I won't blow out my shoulder, I, but I will be competitive.
0: <laughs> All right, that's what we like. Hey, so tell me about this song yes. here because you know I heard it. We're we're playing it on. You know, the women of iHeart Country, tell me about Muddy Water.
1: Yes. Thank you guys so much, too, for your support. Um, Muddy Water came about where I was, you know, in a space right before quarantine and I was about to go out on tour and I was like, I really want to write that song that I can perform that's talking about, you know, owning who you are and being unafraid to own who you are. And, like, if you have a a crazy backstory, I always say my story is kind of like a lifetime movie on steroids, but owning it, you know, and let your drive and your work ethic and your hard work be what speaks for you. And that's what muddy water is all about. I always gravitated towards, you know, water in general as a kid. I loved, I grew up in, near the Chattahoochee River and just like ponds and lakes. And even though those the water was like not like the ocean where it looked crisp and clean, it still felt very clean to me. So I wanted to write a song about that, and that's what Muddy Water is all about. It's owning who you are and showing that, you know, your character will always lead out and win out.
0: Either someone beside you, some human needs water, or there's a dog panting his face off right beside <laughs> you right now.
1: Luna is here. Luna is my shadow, and she's she's like, are we going to Percy Warner right now? And she's, <laughs> she's my best friend and with me more times than not. So, yeah. She's, she's breathing really hard. And how how
0: big is Luna? How big is Luna?
1: She's 65 pounds, but she should probably be like 40. She actually just got put on a diet.
0: So my dog is a bulldog, and he's 63 pounds, but he got put on a diet. He's at 59 now, so I know he listens to this podcast. I like to recognize him and say, good job. Wait, what, how, what kind of dog is yes. Luna?
1: She's a mix. She's a beagle mixed with Australian Shepherds. So okay. she's got these really beautiful blue eyes, and then she's built like a beagle.
0: You musically played tuba and trombone, is that true?
1: I do. Tuba, trombone, and, and piano. But I tuba was my main instrument for a long, long time. How in the world
0: do you go to tuba? Because I see tubas, <laughs> but I, I I don't know anyone who just went like, man, all my life, I've been dying to play the tuba. What, what got you into tuba?
1: It was my band director. She made everything seem so cool. And they needed a bass line, and she knew that I would like commit hard to it. And tuba and trombone were on that bass line, and I was like, okay. I started out on trombone, but then I just loved the tubas. I thought they had the coolest parts. And like in marching band, if there was a tuba solo, like we stole the show, you know? Like it was just cool.
0: (laughs) I've never heard a tuba solo. I'd like to. I'm gonna YouTube a tuba solo as soon as this thing's over
1: come through with it, Bobby, because it's those
0: are the best. <laughs> well, I would encourage you guys to check out uh, at Harper Gray Music, G-R-A-E, Harper Gray Music. Uh, check out her new song, Muddy Water. I'm super happy you, you spent a few minutes here talking about it, and hopefully I'll see you around soon, and hopefully if shoulders are all healthy, we'll get our softball team going next spring. Let's
1: do it. Thanks so much, Bobby. Alright, bye, Harper. Bye.
0: This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Takovas is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacova's.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today.